0: Welcome to Sermons from Bailey Road. You are about to hear a sermon given at Bailey Road Baptist Church. Bailey Road is a small Bible-believing church located in North Jackson, Ohio, and is pastored by Pastor Aaron Smith. We are dedicated to serving the Lord through our people and through our teaching. We hope you are enlightened by today's message, and again, welcome to Bailey Road Baptist Church. have you Take your Bibles and turn to the book of Colossians. Colossians chapter number 2 is where it will be. Colossians chapter number 2. Amen. We began two weeks ago, a series in the book of Colossians, as we have taken from chapter 3 and verse number 4, the text verse, as the scripture says, when Christ, who is our life, I repeat the question this morning, is Christ your life? Is Christ your life? We make other things our life many times. We make sometimes people. We make activities. We make sporting events. Maybe even sports themselves. Our life. But the Bible literally says when Christ... Who is our life shall appear, then ye shall appear with him also in glory. This morning in Colossians chapter two, the scripture says, For I would that ye would, or that ye know what great conflict I have for you and for them at Laodicea. And for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts might be comforted being knit together in love unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom, and knowledge. In this I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. For though I be absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in the spirit, joying and beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, So walk ye in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. I want to focus your attention this morning in verse number 6 where the Scripture says, And as ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, the Apostle Paul admonishes and encourages these believers at the church of Colossae. He says, So walk ye in Him. Now I want to remind you this morning that If Christ is to be our life, and if He is our life, our walk has already been determined. We could even say it this way, the direction of our walk has been determined. Amen? How we walk has been determined. Where we walk has been determined. Why we walk has been determined. Now, over the last few weeks, we've discussed a few things. We've noticed in chapter 1, the first 13 verses, that when Christ is our life, there are certain evidences that appear within our life. Our faith would be known to others. Isn't it great to know that others know about our faith? But it's not just about that they know our faith, but that our faith would be known to others so that our faith can become their faith. You see, that's how people get saved, is it goes from faith to faith to faith to faith so that they can have faith. But our faith would be known to others, and then our love becomes effective. Our hope is laid up in heaven. Our fruit would be abounding. Our walk, as we're going to talk about this morning, would be pleasing to God. Our strength would be from Him, and our gratitude would be genuine. We saw that all in chapter 1. Last week, we learned that when Christ is our life, that our life would then begin to grow deeper. It would also grow wider, and our lives would also grow louder. We're living in a day and age in a culture that is beginning to drown out the sound of the gospel. It's becoming more difficult to have the gospel to be heard. We must be louder about it. We must be louder about having the gospel to be heard and to be said. And so we must get louder within our lives. But can I tell you, the gospel is still effective. The gospel still works. It still works. But it only works if it's given. It only works if it's given. If it's not given, if it's not presented, then it's not going to work. And so we have to get to the place where we understand that we have to grow deeper, we have to grow wider, and we have to get louder when it comes to presenting the Gospel, when it comes to learning about God. And we have to understand that in our relationship with Jesus Christ, if Christ is to be our life, if Christ is our life, our walk is already determined. You say, well, what does that mean? Well, it means just what I said. Our walk is already determined. It means the road is already laid out. The map has already been laid. The direction has already been set. And that is the way we must go because that is the way that He's going to go. And if He is our life, we're to follow Him. Amen? You say, well, what if I don't want to go that direction? Repeat that question. What if I don't want to go that direction? Well, let me just answer very simply and very directly this morning. If you don't want to go that direction, that simply means that Christ isn't your life. You see, if if we have a direction, and we all have a direction that we're going, and if Christ is going this way, and I'm saying I want to follow Christ, and I'm going this way, that means Christ is my life. But if I stop for a moment and I say, all right, I have three ways I can go. I can go this way, I can go this way, or I can go this way. Help me out for a minute, Abby. Oh, boy. You just happened to sit up front. I'm sorry. Justice is gone. And so, all right, uh, you're going to help me here. Uh, You're going to go this way. So you just stand right there. Just stand right there. Just turn around that way, though. And she's going to go that way. Chloe, you come help me. And uh, that'll be helpful. Because uh, again, uh, well, justice isn't here. And so you're going to go that way. And right there, stop. And uh, Jesus is this way. And so I have, I have two directions to go. Three directions to go. I can go this way where Christ is my life. Or I can go this way and that would make Chloe my life. Or I can go this way and that would make Abigail my life. And now I'm, I'm torn. Because I don't know which way to go. So I want to go this way. Where Christ is my life. Now you can put, and I'm not saying, uh, I don't want you to picture that these are my daughters here. You can put whatever it is. This may be a job. This may, this may be an activity. But Christ is this way. Now look, it is possible though, it is possible for Christ and a job to be on the same direction. Amen? Amen. It's possible for Christ, a job and an activity to be on the same direction. That I don't have to necessarily choose between the three. But you see, sometimes what happens is is I still say, I'm going this way. You see, though, what happens is you say, well, what happens if I don't want to choose Christ? What happens if I want to go this direction? And Christ isn't my life. What happens is I have to make sure first that Christ is my life. Thank you. You can sit down. Thank you is Christ my life that's the first question so when i have when i have a direction that i want to go i've got to make sure first is Christ my life is this in the same direction that Christ wants me to go is it within the same direction is it on the same path that Christ is going i want to I want to do this activity. Is it on the same path? I want to, whatever it is, this family, this whatever. Is it on the same path? Because when Christ is my life, my walk has already been determined. It's already been determined. And so this morning, that's what we're going to talk about. How our walk will be determined by Christ. So let's pray together, and we'll get started. Our Heavenly Father, I thank You so very much. God, You have been so good to us. Because often we get so confused by choices and by directions that, God, we, we don't know which way to go. But Father, You've you've helped us here by determining our walk. Father, I pray this morning that You would help our church and help our members and help our, our guests today, those watching online, joining maybe even later of how their walk can be determined by You. Father, I pray this morning that You would help us establish Jesus Christ is our life. That our walk may be great in You. It may be well with You. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to give you three things this morning from Colossians chapter 2 this morning. The first thing I want to give you is, what does it mean to walk in Christ? Because that's what the Scripture says here, that as ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him. What does that mean? To walk in Christ. Now, in this, and it's going to be, it's a little interesting, Because right after it says, so walk ye in Him, it says in verse 7, to be rooted and built up in Him. Now, to be rooted is to have roots or to be fixed in something. How do you walk in something and be fixed in something at the same time? Trees take root and don't move. If you're walking, you're moving. Amen? So don't, don't be confused by this. It's not. I don't want to sound confusing that we would be walking uh, and moving and also rooted at the same time. Uh, Jesus is the one doing the walking. He's the one moving. He's the one determining when we move. But we have to be rooted in Him. Okay? We have to be rooted in Him. That we have to be... Again, deep and radical and fundamental uh, within that. Again, pertaining uh, to this, we have to be rooted. That's what that means, uh, having roots, something that is planted and fixed within something. Deep. It's not getting moved very easily. Let me ask you something. Are you rooted in Christ? Are you rooted in Him? Are you, are you getting, again, we talked last week about getting growing deeper in Him. The further you grow deeper, the more secure you are to walk in Him. To follow after Him. To stay on that path with Him. And He says this, of what it means, He says, walk ye in Him rooted and built up. This is being built up is to be constructed for a purpose I, I i love I love churches I love church buildings. You know why I love church buildings because because they're built for something they're built for church now I, I, there's a there's a debate today on whether when you build a church, and and we're not gonna we're not gonna have the debate this morning, but uh, w- if we could possibly, but uh, do you go with do you go with pews or do you go with chairs? You know that's a debate today. That's a debate in churches: pews or chairs. Now, I- I'm I'm not against either one. But can I just can I just for a moment cuz I'm the one preaching just go ahead and throw my throw my weight in for pews Can I Can I do that Nothing says church more than a pew You can put a chair anywhere can't put a pew anywhere. You can put a chair in your living room. I mean, you want a pew in your living room. Look, pews were meant to sit on for an hour and a half. Some of you are thinking, no, there weren't. Uh, <laughs> I'm just letting you know how long I'm gonna preach today. Uh maybe, I'm not gonna be that long, but. Uh, I'm just saying, maximum. I mean, that's look. Pews, pews were made to be uncomfortable because they weren't made to sit in that long. Okay. Again, I'm not against chairs, but for me, nothing says this is a church more than a pew, because when you walk in, you're just like, oh, it's a church. Now again, you you can go in. And again, I'm not, I'm not against it. I, I have churches. I, 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 there are churches I love and been in. They have, they have chairs and they're beautiful. Beautiful chairs. I'm not against them. I'm not preaching against them. I just happen to say, man, there's nothing more today that says immediately, as soon as you walk in, something that's been built for a purpose. A Church. This is a church more than something has a pew. Again, you walk in and you see a pulpit in the center of the room. Amen. What's it for? For a purpose. It has a purpose. It's been built for something. It's been built for something. Let me ask you something. What's your life being built for? Is it being built for you? What's your life being built for? Because it's being built. And the Apostle Paul is telling the church at Colossae, he's saying, look, he said, you've been saved by Jesus Christ. You've been redeemed by Him. Now walk ye in Him, rooted and built up. If you've been built up, That is conveying the idea that you have a purpose in your life. Nothing is built for nothing. Does that make sense? You don't build something for nothing. Oh, we built built this. What for? Oh, nothing. No one builds something for nothing. Oh, why'd you build that? I don't know. I mean, build a building. What'd you build it for? Eh, because. Because we could. No. I mean, if people build buildings. I mean, oh, what'd you build it for? We're going to put stuff in it. You build a storage building. What are you going to do with it? I'm going to put storage in it. What'd you build it for? Put storage in it. Build a house. What'd you build it for? To live in it what's your life being built for in Christ Uh oh you know what we just we just got stumped didn't we because it's like well I, I, I don't know I'm not sure well that's what we're here for that's what we're that's what we're going through and so he says, Hey, your life is built to be rooted, to be built up. It's for a purpose. But he didn't stop there. He didn't stop there. He said, He said, as your life, you've received Christ Jesus. So walk ye in him, rooted, built up, and established. Again, he goes back. He says, This is to be fixed and settled in a state of permanence. He says, You got to make this thing firm we got to make this thing firm right here. Abounding. As ye have been taught. As ye have been taught. Hey now. Hey now. He says, As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him as ye have been taught. As ye have been taught as you've been rooted, as you've taken root, as you've been built up for a purpose, established, been fixed and settled to perform, to or for permanence, to make firm, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Now I know if we just started with this idea of being thanksgiving, and I asked this morning, hey, are you thankful to be saved? We would say amen. We would say of course. We would say glory to God, hallelujah. Man, I'm grateful to be saved. Of course. Of course I'm grateful to be saved and thankful to be saved. But are you walking in Him as you've been taught? As you were taught. You know, as we grow through life, it's Father's Day today. It's Father's Day today. Have you always done what would make your father proud? Probably not. But you know, for most people, we we strive really hard to not disappoint our parents most of the time i've got a i got a friend of mine that there there are just certain things that when his, his father was alive he just he wouldn't do and i and i'm telling you they i'm not even talking about things that were wrong I'm not talking about, you know, I mean, you can fill in the blank, but uh, I'm not even talking about things that we would consider to be wrong. I'm talking about good things. But because his dad didn't believe in him, he said, no, nah, I'm, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to disappoint my daddy. Oh, and by the way, this guy was like 60 years old. He said, I'm not going to disappoint my daddy. His dad passed away. And he said, I guess I'll do that now. Again, it wasn't it wasn't a matter of being right or wrong. It was simply I'm not going to disappoint my father. Because he didn't necessarily teach me to do that, and I don't want to do something that would disappoint him while he's alive. You see, we've been taught something in Scripture, by Scripture, being established in the faith as we've been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. And we walk in that. And the more we walk in that, the deeper we're rooted, the more we understand our purpose, and the more firm we become in Christ that we walk in but notice what he says in verse 8 he says beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ so he says the through the through philosophy and vain deceit. That is basically through opinions, through their opinions. He says, don't let men spoil you through their opinions or through their traditions or after their rudiments or rules of the world or principles. He says, and not after Christ. Again, you have a choice You have a choice to make. You can walk after Christ or you have a direction to go. You have a choice to make. Which way are you going? Which way are you going? So he says, and not after Christ. But you see, before that he said, so walk ye in Him. So while we see what it means to walk in Christ, let me give you number two, why we should walk in Christ, because he gives us this in the following verses. In verse number nine, he says, For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power, in whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands in putting off of the body of, of the sins of the flesh, by the circumcision of Christ, buried with Him in baptism, wherein ye also are risen with Him through, through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised Him from the dead. And you, being dead in your sins, and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath He quickened together with Him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was or which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to His cross, and having spoiled principalities and powers, He made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Why should we walk in Christ? You say, all right all right, pastor, here we are. I have an option. I can follow Christ, and I can walk in. him. And that's what I've been taught to do. And that's what the Scripture says. But you know, I have another direction. I can go this way. And I know that there are promises in God, and I know that there are fruit, and that there is promises, and that there is... All of these things that I can attain. But, you know, I I can attain things over here as well. And then, and then there's this path. And it has options. And it has returns. And all three of these choices have consequences. So, why should I follow this one? I'm not going to tell you why you shouldn't follow these this morning. I'm simply going to tell you why you should follow this one. Why Christ should be your life. Number one, Christ is God. Can I say that again? Maybe I could say it the way the Bible said it. For in Him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. That's what Paul said. Christ is God. Why would I not follow Him? We're we're also complete in Him. People all the time, all the time, Want help? If you go to to the bookstore today, one of the largest sections, one of the largest sections, and it really doesn't even make sense to me, the title of the section, but one of the largest sections you will find in any bookstore in America is the self-help section. you want to know why? Because the moment that I go in and I pick up and purchase a book from the self-help section, I'm no longer helping myself. I'm getting help from someone else. Hello? It should just say, I need help section. Now, I'm not against getting help. I need help. But it's not self-help. I can't help myself. If I could help myself, I wouldn't be in the self-help section. Am I making any sense? Okay. the help that people are searching for is found in Christ. The the help book that we need, the help book that we have, has 66 complete. That is what happens at neighborhood Bible time with balloons. You get woken up and scared. (laughs) Sixty-six books, amen. Glory to God. You awake, Kim? No, I know, but you jumped a little bit. And... uh, She is awake now. Her heart's racing just a little bit. I could see the fright on your face uh, as you wondered if you did that. Uh, No, I didn't do that, I promise. But listen, we're complete in Him. It says it right here. Verse 10. And ye are complete in Him. And He is the head of all principality and power. Hey, listen, we all have all the help we need in Christ. Listen, it doesn't matter what returns you think this path is going to pay out. This one right here is going to pay out more. Because I'm complete in Christ. Oh, by the way, He's defeated sin. Look at verse 11. In whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Why why should I walk in Christ? Well, He is God. I am complete in Him. He's defeated sin. And, well... He's always obedient to the Father. You know, Jesus is never going to lead us astray. He's never going to lead us the wrong way. He's never going to lead us down the wrong path. It says, buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen, with him through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead. He's obedient to the Father. It says, and now you You, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath He quickened together with Him, having forgiven all your trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, took it all out of the way, or took it all out of the way, nailing it to His cross. Amen. He nailed it all to the cross. Why would you follow? Why would you not follow him? Why should I walk in Christ? Because he nailed all your sins to his cross. Isn't that great? When Christ, who is my life, He saved me. Now walk in Him. He redeemed me. Now walk in Him. So walk in Him. He saved you. So walk in Him. That's what it says. It says, As ye therefore, verse 6, received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him. You received Him, so walk in Him. Well, why? See, everybody wants to know why. Why should I? Well, He is God. You're complete in Him. He defeated sin. He's always obedient to the Father, and He nailed your sin to the cross. But, but there's a warning. There's a warning here. Here's the warning of walking in Christ. In verse 14, He says, the blotting out of the handwriting of the ordinances was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross in verse 14. Verse 15, he says, And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly triumphing over them in it. Look at verse 16. Here's the warning. He says, Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of an holy day or of the new moon or of the Sabbath days, which are a shadow of things to come, But the body of Christ, let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility and worshiping of angels, intruding into those things which ye have not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind, not holding the head from which all the body by joints and bands, having nourishment ministered and knit together, increaseth with the increase of God. Listen, he says, don't let your walk be influenced by what others think of you. Oh my, how often, and I would dare say often, but how often are we influenced by what others are going to think? I I picked out a shirt this morning. I haven't actually haven't worn the shirt yet. I was looking for a tie. I have a lot of ties, and I didn't have a tie to go with it. And I was looking for a particular tie that I have in my tie collection. But it wasn't in my tie collection. I have two sons, you know. They <laughs> frequent my tie collection. But I didn't want to go upstairs and see if they had it, and so I I stopped and I found a tie that I thought thought oh, Evan it's close. I thought I might pull it off. I put it down next to it and laid it out and took a couple of steps back. I said no. Put it up and saw another one hanging on the wall and put it on there. And no, I really need that. Solid blue tie. That's what I need. I saw another one and put it with it. Then I grabbed this shirt and said, forget it. (laughs) I'll just go with another shirt. It is not worth what you people would say. If I wore that shirt with the tie, I was going to wear with it. We do that, don't we? Some of you may have gotten dressed three times. After you looked in the mirror and said, no, I'm not wearing that. Somebody might say something. Am I right? And that's just about what we wear. Imagine if we were to follow Christ. Do you remember when Christ said, follow me, and if you're not willing to leave your father and your mother, your brother and your sister, and everyone else, and not worry about what they think, you cannot be my disciple. Remember when he said that? Basically what he was saying is, don't worry about what everybody else thinks, just follow me. Well, Paul is now saying the exact same thing. He's saying, don't worry about what everybody else thinks. Just just walk in Christ. Again, some warnings. Hey, if you're going to be in Christ, and Christ is going to be your life, you're going to have to put what everybody else thinks out of your head. Because it'll be in there. Uh, Going to church again? Didn't you just go this morning? You just go last week. Didn't you just go yesterday? You're you're wait wait you're doing what? You're working at Vacation Bible School. How do you put work and vacation at the same in the same word? What? You're doing what? That doesn't sound like fun to me. Wait, you're working with children. Are you crazy? I'm not crazy, I'm just walking in Christ. It's the children who are crazy. You got to put those things out. You see, in this day, it it was over meat and silly things like that. And Paul says, look, don't listen to that. Let no man man therefore judge you in meat or in drink, in respect of a holy day or of a new moon, or or of the Sabbath days, which are a shadow of things to come. The body is of Christ. He says, don't be influenced by what others think of you. Verse 18, he says, Let no man beguile you of your reward in voluntary humility and worshiping of angels, intruding into those things which he hath not seen vainly puffed up of his fleshly mind. He says, don't let your walk be influenced by what others tell you. You know, there are a lot of opinions about what God's Word says. Don't be influenced by that. Don't be tricked into what people say. He says, just know the Word of God. In verse 19, he says, and not holding the head from which, the, from which all the body and joints, or by joints and bands, having nourishment ministered, knit together, increaseth with increase of God. Don't let your walk be influenced. To take your focus off Jesus. The head. The head. Stay focused on the head. Where the focus comes from. He says, stay focused on the head. That's Christ. Notice the capital H in verse 19. In verse 20, through the end here, he says, Wherefore, if ye be dead, With Christ from the rudiments of the world. Why, as though living in the world, ye are subject to ordinances, taste not, or touch not, taste not, handle not, which all are to perish, the using after the commandments and doctrines of men, which things have indeed a show of wisdom, will in worship and humility and neglecting of the body, not in an honor, the satisfying of the flesh. He says, don't let your walk be influenced by what you can have here today. You know, there there are too many people in this world today that would trade $100 today for for $1,000 next month. They'd rather have $100 today than wait a month for $1,000. Because I can have it today. And we do that in life. Because I see it, I can, I can have it. I, I might not be able to get that. I might not. There's a warning of walking with Christ. though. And he gives this from verse 16 down to verse 23. He says there's going to be some things that are going to try to influence you. There are going to be some things that are going to try to distract you. They're going to try to get you off course. He says don't be influenced by it. Stay on course. Walk in Christ. Walk in Christ, because when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with Him in glory. My question this morning is, are you walking in Christ? Are you walking in Christ? How are your roots? Are they growing deeper? Are they growing wider? Are they well watered? Are you being built up? Are you finding your purpose in Christ? Are you paying attention to how you're walking? You understand what Christ has done for you as He nailed your sins to the cross so that you could walk in Him. See, we couldn't walk in Him without that because He is God. Now, remember, there are those that want to distract you. Satan wants you to be distracted to not walk in Christ. Don't be fooled by it, don't fall for the lies. Know God, know the truth, and walk in Christ. Let Him be. Your life. We'll have every head bowed. Every eye closed this morning.